Hello, quasi stranger. Hi, friend. So, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about brain fitness and the importance of it and how to improve our minds. So how did you meet with this concept? So I have very bad memory. I always have. And this is why I write things down. And many years ago, I decided to do some research on how to improve my memory. Mm-hmm. And I found this independent research company called Sharp Brains. Mm-hmm. And I, I just signed up for their newsletter and I really enjoyed their articles. I continue to enjoy their articles. And so from there, I dove into research on brain fitness and mm-hmm. they, that research company has come up with um, a bunch of books and one of the best and the first books I ever bought was from them on brain fitness. And it's called um, the sharp brains guide to brain fitness, how to optimize brain health in performance at any age why I got hooked on this particular book is because I really liked how they defined brain fitness. Mm -hmm. And I quote, brain fitness is the state of brain health and mental well-being that makes you fit for life and work demands. It's not about IQ. It's more fundamental measure of the brain's ability to function efficiently and effectively during work and leisure activities to be healthy, to resist disease. And it resonated so much with me because, you know, I always talk about efficiency and effectiveness and (laughs) productivity. And, but in reality, at that point, I was more um, interested in increasing my, my, my memory because Mm -hmm. I felt like I was writing everything down. And what I realized later on, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, it's, it was the focus that was the issue. It wasn't necessarily the memory itself. Mm. Um, it was the lack of focus and concentration. And so I was missing all of these pieces because I wasn't focused enough and I wasn't concentrating. I was multitasking, but mm. not effectively and not efficiently. So mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we'll definitely get into that later, but that was my initial kind of introduction. And, you know, I want to ask you the same, but I pretty much know you being a neurologist, I'm pretty sure you got introduced to it like a while back. So tell me, tell me what's your story. Well, I, I was introduced to it in terms of like brain fitness. I think it's a more um, recent topic, like a more popular, uh, popularized topic, mm-hmm. but um, I've been introduced to this in terms of neuroplasticity, which is, I think, the core concept when we're talking about brain fitness, which means is actually our ability to um, improve our capacity, our cognitive capacity. So how we do this is like this. So think about, I mean, think of brain as a a, a community of neurons, meaning just brain cells. Mm-hmm. It's a community. So they constantly interact with each other inter- with um, electricity. Actually, it's quite cool. So what they do, a brain is like a huge community of neurons constantly saying something to each other. It never stops. When, even when you're sleeping, it constantly communicates. So it says one thing when it functions, um, when it learns something new, it changes the connection. So when the connection changes, you start doing something new. Mm-hmm. So we used to think this wasn't the thing. We used to think like babies are born with a small brain and it grows until we're 25 and it sets. So what? Uh, when did we actually learn about brain plasticity? 
there were like preliminary studies in rats and other animals, but it was in the 90s, I believe. I think it's a 1998. There was a landmark study found that the human brain had ability to develop new cells. Wow. So new cells, new connections. It, it's actually not so new now because 98 <laughs> is, can you believe it? It's 23 years ago. I know, but it's still relatively new considering that we thought that the brain that we were born with is the brain that we will, you know, we kind of got stuck with. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I know now that we know it's not the case, it has been like very popular to um, research how can we uh, make it better? How can we make it more efficient, more, um, how can we be more intelligent, more um, cognitively skilled? We've been trying to find new ways uh, and we've been trying to understand what does brain do and it has many, many functions and I know you are going to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, so when I did, a, you know, my own research, my as I said, my main priority was the memory, but what I realized is that there's so many functions that our brain does mm-hmm. that we need to concentrate on to actually be able to improve. So for example, as I said, working memory, it's there, there are mar- multiple types of memories, but working better is one of the most crucial cognitive skills that we use every day, right? So mm-hmm. I still write things down. But mm-hmm. I do believe that my my working memory has dramatically improved mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, because I worked on it. And I realized you know, short-term memory, long-term memory. So long-term memories are usually pretty good, but short-term memory, it's one of those things where you go to, you know, you're in the kitchen and then you go into the bedroom and you're like, wait, why did I go into the bedroom again? Have you ever had <laughs> that happen? All the time. Every All single the time. Day. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't want that to happen to me anymore. I wanted to go into the bedroom and get whatever I needed without being <laughs> like, wait, like track base into the kitchen and be like, wait, so, okay. Oh, okay. I remember this is what I needed. So there's things like that. Then there's planning, which I talk about all the time, but future planning is also part of cognitive uh, ability. So how can we plan for the future? That's also something like to establish a plan of action. Mm -hmm. You know, some people get overwhelmed. It's very difficult for them. Like, how do you move forward with with planning, that's also part of that. Processing speed, it's a central component of many other cognitive processes. And it's why it's the most important skill in kind of like learning academia, you must know a lot about that. And intellectual development, um, your reasoning for things, experiences. So that's part of that. Then there's the response rate. Uh, The response rate actually refers to the amount of time that passes between when we receive the information and how we respond and how quickly we respond. It seems so obvious, but, but it's not. It actually is like our brain is working very, very hard for us. We just don't realize it's so automatic for us. But the reality is that it's, it's, a, it's a cognitive ability that thank goodness we have, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, as I talk about focused attention, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it was so vital for me to find out that I was actually not very focused. And that's why my memory wasn't so great is because I was not focusing, I wasn't concentrating. So focused attention is the cognitive ability that allows us to, to attend and to respond to relevant stimuli in the environment, and while ignoring irrelevant things in the environment. So those are just a couple of things that I mentioned. Of course, there's a lot more. 
yeah, I think um, it's really important to, that we talk about like how um, it is a huge cognitive skill to plan for things. Like we don't mean just like pl doing a to-do list, like planning a course of action is a huge, like, how are you going to get there? Think about it. Like if you're going to go to a place that you have never been before, how are you going to get there? What, how, I mean, which route are you going to take? It requires um, a very um, multi-step programming. And if you don't work on it, you just get lost like me, which I do yeah, all the same. time. <laughs> same. Absolutely. We've talked about this before where it's like directions, right? Like I'm really bad with directions and you've mentioned that you're bad at directions too. So Definitely. how can we learn? That's a cognitive ability. Like how can we learn to be better? Honestly, I haven't gotten any better, but that's also because I'm not trying because thank <laughs> God to, to GPS, it's my best friend when I'm on the road. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, think about it like this. We all have this. We all do this every single day. It's just um, some people are better better at some parts and some people are better at some parts. But if you want to improve, the good thing is, you know, now that, I mean, we all know now that we can, but we just have to work on it. So how did you improve your um, attention? So uh, I stopped multitasking so much and Ooh, I made sure... So I still multitask, obviously, we all multitask. And some research has been done where multitasking is actually very good. But it's a matter of how you do it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it depends on the task, right? So there's some tasks. So for example, yesterday, what I did, I uh, put my phone on do not disturb. And I put it on for a couple of hours, because I needed to concentrate on something. And I didn't want phone calls, text messages, Instagram, so on and so forth. So I stopped it. And that way, I was able to, it's so true. When I was working yesterday, when I finished, I was like, I just felt like I processed the information so much better. Whether mm -hmm. if I didn't put my phone on, did not disturb, I would see an email and I would be like, oh, let me check this email. Or maybe re respond to this person or let me pick up, pick up the phone. So it's not, it wasn't an emergency for me to put it on, do not disturb, but I did it. So mm -hmm. I could have a focus for a couple of hours to get things done. And what I noticed is that I recall my actions, even my actions from yesterday while working so much more. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what I also think about is, you know, we kind of lose our memory when we're very anxious. Like when mm. there's something, like when you're nervous about something and then, you know, let's just say you have a test, right? And so you're like anxious and you don't really know what you're doing. Like you don't remember your actions. Once the test is done, you're like, wait, what happened? Wait, did, yeah. what, what? So that also happens when you're multitasking, even if you're not anxious. That also happens during multitasking. So you're like, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're, oh, wait, did I do this? Did I finish this? Oh, let me go back. And so you're actually doing a disservice to yourself because you are, sometimes you have to repeat the work because you're, you're not fully focused into it. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I started doing to, um, to increase my memory is just that. It's kind of taking back on the tasks putting on do not disturb things. And the other thing that I'll talk about in a little bit is um, uh, a, a while ago, many years ago, I did this Lumosity game, which became very popular. And it's a brain fitness, it's mm -hmm. brain fitness games. And the idea was to do it 10 minutes every day. And I did it for a year. And I'm mm -hmm. going to talk about my conclusion on it in a little bit, but there's, there's numerous things that you can do to, to make your brain healthier and to create 
exercise for it. And so there are many numerous ways to increase your, your brain fitness. The most important thing that we need to understand in terms of like increasing brain capacity is you have to do something new. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. It's, it has to be new. It has to be unfamiliar to your brain it, because you have to make sure that you're, you give your full attention because, for example, now that I'm in Vienna and I, because I'm really bad at directions and finding where I am in space and time, um, I, what I do is I stop using Google Maps. When I need to go somewhere, what I do is I don't put I don't open the Google Maps. I say, okay, let's try to find where am I now, where I need to go. Should I face east, west? Do I know this building? Do I know the street? I have to pay mm-hmm. attention to the names of the streets. This requires my full undivided attention. What it does, it is, it is very uncomfortable for my brain to do this because my brain isn't um, used to this because it, it used to go one route in Istanbul to the work and back to the hospital and back but now it's in a completely different environment and in a completely different language so what my brain does it lights up it's like wait a minute we need to be alive and fully functioning for us to survive in this very strange environment so what it does it forces my brain to form new connections and since i've been here i i realized i um i can recognize street names i can see buildings because i am constantly looking for cues to find out where i am otherwise i will be lost so you have to do something new for these games i know we're going to talk about them in a little bit but usually what happens is when you're first learning a new game first learning the rules and how to play it your brain is on because it's trying to learn because it's new it's unfamiliar after some time, if I do Sudoku for 10 years, it's not going to increase my brain capacity. I know how to do Sudoku. But if I learn another game, then I will increase my brain capacity. So that's actually really interesting because so the Lumosity game has different different types of games that you do every single day, right? You're right. There was an initial excitement of all of these games because there's a focus on memory, there's focus on attention, there's focus on concentration. And but what's interesting of what you are telling me is that, and with Sudoku included, they're the same games, but they have different outcomes. Like it's not the same thing every time. It's it's the same but game, it's the but same it's method. I mean, yeah. the numbers change, the wording changes, but it's the same rules. The rules have to change. Interesting. Think about this. A very good way to increase your brain capacity is learning a new language. So the reason why it is, the language is dynamic. When you first learn, it's you can't you can't get bored on learning a language because it's um the grammar changes the word changes you learn new words you learn new idioms you learn new ways to use a certain type of grammar structure so it's always mm-hmm. new it's always something different yeah okay it makes sense to me it makes sense to me well i stopped doing the games anyways <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean you know it's the conclusion for me was this this is the reason i stopped is because i did it for a year and it was 10 minutes every single day so i certainly created a habit which is also part mm-hmm. of brain fitness and i can't say that i saw a huge difference in my memory or focus or concentration however 
I also can't say that it didn't help because I just I, I couldn't tell enough that it made that it made a difference. But I can't say that it didn't make a difference at all because perhaps with little changes, as we always talk about, like little changes make significant changes, right? So maybe if I continued, I would see a much bigger change. And I was already the thing is at that time I was already in the research game of brain fitness in general. So I was already doing all of these things to increase my brain capacity. So it wasn't just, so I'm not sure if that, you know, playing that those games was a significant contribution to it, but perhaps everything together kind of made a difference. So maybe, so I don't have a good conclusion on the games, but again, for me, I just found other ways to increase my, my brain capacity, but Maybe overall, it was a good idea. Maybe overall, it, it, it made a difference. But, I, but it, I can't say that particularly those games made a huge difference. Yeah, and also those games are like a big um, marketing tool. Um, now yeah. I see a lot of like weird mind games um, pop up on my YouTube ad. Um, you can try, of course. Um, but I think it's also, it's good to keep in mind that the only um, main idea behind it is that you have to do something new you don't have to buy an expensive um, game you can play games it's good but you can just try doing something completely new and out of your comfort zone and that will work just the same and even better um, you yeah. have to keep in mind for your brain to grow it has to be a little uncomfortable something completely out of the blue something that it doesn't know how to do so what are other things that can increase brain fitness so meditation is a big one there has been a lot of research around meditation and how it increases the connectivity of certain neural pathways in the brain because what you do is you actually you put your undivided attention on your own body or on your feelings and your thoughts and it creates new pathways and it has been shown that it actually increases your decision making capacity which is really good yeah i mean i love meditation for it especially i love when people say i can't meditate and I'm like, mm. that's why you need to do it. That's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, yeah, I do think. I, I, I do think everybody should try meditation. Mm -hmm. um, also exercise because um, any type of like physical exercise, because especially when you change the exercises that you're doing, your body is controlled by your brain. So when your body does something new, your brain has to do something new. Your body mm -hmm. isn't um, separate from your brain, especially things that need a high body-mind interconnectivity like yoga is really good yeah so speaking of that I as I was researching for this podcast I found this study you know there's been numerous studies that were done on like brain plasticity yeah. and yoga and there was a there's one that that was completed by brain plasticity journal which suggests that yoga uh, increases the functional connectivity of the brain parts that is responsible for emotional regularity and decision-making, which is kind of what you were talking about meditation, similar mm -hmm. to yoga. And let me quote this. Therefore, behavioral interventions like yoga may hold promise to mitigate age-related and neurodegenerative declines. This review can offer the preliminary groundwork for researchers to identify key brain networks and regions of interest as we move forward uh, towards advancing the neuroscience of yoga, which made me so happy because basically, you know, we always talk about yoga and not on this episode, we're not going to go too much into it, but yoga is good for your body, your soul, and absolutely your brain. 
Yes, definitely. Um, I think also it's really important that we talk about like emotional regulation in terms of um, brain fitness mm-hmm. because regulating your emotions and your uh, thought processes is a part of cognitive skill set. Mm-hmm. It is a skill set that you have to improve. Like, I'm angry. What do I do with it? Like, this yeah. is a function of the brain. Like, what do you do with your anger? What do you do with your frustration? If you're in the habit of um, shouting, and kicking tables. Thankfully, I'm not. But um, if you are, <laughs> know that you can change this. That you can change the your behavioral pa- patterns, and because you're changing your brain structure. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And you know, one of the other things that we've talked about before, when we talked about like habits, but also brain fitness is is making small changes, like simple changes, create big changes in the future. Right. So. In order to increase brain fitness capacity, making simple changes Mm -hmm. in your daily life creates exercise for your brain, like creating creating habits, right? So for example, with the Lumosity games, perhaps I didn't get as much of a increase in my memory. It expanded my capacity in terms of creating a habit every single day for a year. I did this game. I think that's also a contribution to brain fitness. Definitely. Um, sometimes there are like um, patients or patient relatives come in like, um, what can we do in terms of like protecting our brain from, for example, dementia? If they have like a mother or grandfather a grandfather that had dementia, they have like this fear of having them th- themselves. And what they say, how can I protect myself? And I say, um, you have to uh, increase your cognitive uh, capacity in the first place that's what we are talking about when we talk about like how it helps us having neural diseases that, that's what what it means to be uh, protective when we say it's protective from neurodegenerative disease like dementia so what i usually advise them is um go to your house every single day from a different um, street or um, sometimes iron your clothes with your left hand if you're a right-handed person or try to eat with the fork on your left hand. Just try to do something different ever so often. And if you do that for like five minutes every day, something different, washing the dishes with the the wrong hand or um, doing something that is different, that is out of comfort zone every day for like five minutes, 50 seconds, it doesn't matter. These things add up in terms of your brain capacity. You're so right. You're so right. Because, you know, it's so uncomfortable to do mm-hmm. new things. It's so uncomfortable. And and then a lot of the times I'm like, you know, oh, it's going to be too much. Like I can't. And, and then, but then you try and you're like, okay, it's not so bad. So I was actually born a lefty. Mm-hmm. But in uh, where I'm from, at that time, uh, you weren't really allowed to uh, write. They with forced your left yourself hand. to write with right hand. They forced me. They forced yeah. me. So I am. Uh, I write with my right, but I do everything else with my left. But I can also write with my left. It just takes me a little bit longer. So sometimes what I do to confuse my brain. But, or rather to increase my brain capacity, I actually mm-hmm. write with my left hand. But it's not comfortable for me. It's not comfortable for me. Like it's it's not comfortable for me to, for example, play tennis with my right hand, but it's very comfortable with my left. So sometimes I do the opposite. And um, yeah, so I do try to kind of trick my brain and it's not uncommon. It's not something that's particularly necessarily new, but if you do it, if you don't do it all the time, just like I don't do it all the time, but I do it once in a while, it definitely still has an effect to it, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, totally, totally. It works. And I think just a quick mention um, is, is food. You know, we have to mention it because that's, it's a big part of our uh, brain fitness and eating healthy. Eating Eat your brain. vegetables. <laughs> yeah, fruits and vegetables. That's right. And, you know, for some people it's meat, for some people it's veganism, you know, whatever works for you. But eating for your brain, what your brain needs, your requirements for your brain is very important. And your brain needs fats and yes. um, carbohydrates. I'm sorry. It works on carbohydrates, so don't skip. Don't do yep. too low cal. So just to go over what we just, just a few things that are very good to increase brain fitness capacity are playing games, mm-hmm. not video games. Actually, probably video games it too, be, right? It can be video games if it's okay. new. Fine, fine, fine. Video games. But not too, <laughs> don't, don't spend too much time on it. <laughs> Meditation, mm-hmm. eating healthy exercising, physical exercise, Mm -hmm. learning a new skill is very important, Mm -hmm. making simple changes. The other thing that I want to, and you mentioned this, but one other thing that I want to mention is learning languages. The reason I mentioned that is because my native language is Russian. And Mm -hmm. so what tends to happen is if I speak English too much, I end up uh, having this like brain fart and I forget words in Russian to which to me is like crazy because that's my native language. And so I actually was talking to my mom earlier today and I said, I am starting to read books in Russian again because it's going to so create, right? In order to pick up more, in order to do more, in order to learn more, it's reading and learning. Yes, definitely. And I, and you know that you are quite advantageous when it comes to languages because you're bilingual right yes and also you have to do this frequently to keep Mm -hmm. a language because the knowledge of a new language is so easy to escape from your hands like I I know except for Turkish which is my native language I speak uh, English of course and um, German and now like I realize if I don't read uh, German every single day I lose words very quickly because right. it's the third one. It's, it's the one that goes away so fast. So I, uh, what I do is now in Vienna, there are like uh, free newspapers on the street. Um, I collect them and I read them like every single time. For example, every single time on the kitchen, I just read one little small excerpt of, of a news. And so I keep constantly like exposing myself to new language, which is really good just to keep yourself like um, constantly uh, stimulated. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today. We now know brain fitness is very important and we have provided with some reasons why it's so important and also some ways to increase our cognitive skills. Our brains need just as much as exercise, if not more than our bodies. So let's provide fitness for both. Healthy brain, healthy body. Per usual, don't keep yourself quiet. Let us know where you're with us. Like, subscribe, share and comment. Until next time, quasi-stranger. Bye, friend.